1: The marching pass upfield. Reggie Tom Pierce gathers it in on the dead run and races all the way to score for Los Angeles. A 72-yard touchdown play. And first down inside his own
2: five from his own end zone.
1: Sacked and a safety on Rudolph. Aaron Donald and Clay Matthews got to
0: him. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage, grand defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst through it twice. That's a tackle. Runs left. 25 stone to feet. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback. he going to throw. The fake is on it, he's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones needs the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Sock Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Rampsock Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host this evening. Back after a while, like he dropped off the face of the earth, Tommy
0: Avance. Tommy, how you doing, man? Yo, yo, yo. What's up, my man? How are we doing tonight? I'm living the
1: freaking dream. You're alive and kicking. Glad to see that. Ready to talk some Rams football. It's opening weekend. Oh, my gosh. Finally took forever to get here. Now it's here. And lots to talk with folks about. But I guess first things first, man. How are you doing? What's been going on? You've been away for a hot minute.
0: I've been away. I, uh, you know, football off season. I, you know. Playing as many years as I did, I try to use the football off season like many of the players do and get any medical situations out of the way, surgeries and whatnot. Um, I did that for the last month or so, one of the worst surgeries of my life. Very painful, but I'm finally starting to feel better and back up on my feet, back to work and ready to rock, man. You, it, it's so frustrating when you're down and out. It, it, you just like, when you get your health back and you feel good again after being in all that pain, it just, I don't know about anyone else, but it just, it's like breathing life back into me. Like I want to do so many things and just, you just appreciate things a little bit more when you're in situations like that. Does it make sense?
1: At all? Oh yeah. It
0: makes sense. Makes a lot yeah. of sense.
1: Makes the people who are in your life all that much more
0: important. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just so excited, man. Football, it's officially started today, um, with the Bucks and the Cowboys getting it. I haven't really watched much of it. I've been hanging out with my son this evening and, you know, doing dinner and stuff like that. I hadn't really got a chance to pay attention to it. And I saw the score though earlier, I think uh, it was twenty one sixteen bucks.
1: As of as of right now did you, recording.
0: Did you peep any
1: of it? No. I mean I've been up here working. Getting ready to get set for our show, and I mean, I check the score here and there. I mean, I'm looking at this week and going shoot. I know how my my football this week's going to go. I'm looking at Sunday at one o'clock, Pittsburgh and Buffalo, Cleveland, and, Cleveland, Kansas City on Sunday afternoon, four twenty five, which is you know one twenty five Eastern, what Pacific, and then of course the Rams game. And that's that's a legit Sunday right there.
0: Like yeah, and. and- you know, since it's Sunday night football, everybody gets to watch it, right? How do you watch Rams games normally? Do you have an NFL Sunday ticket?
1: Uh, I refuse to uh, admit how I watch some of my Rams games. Let's just say <laughs> I, I make it, like- it happen. <laughs> um, being an East Coast guy who loves his West Coast team, I, I can only tell you that I do happen to make things happen.
0: Yeah, as a lot of people do. I uh, okay. When the Rams... We're in St. Louis. I had NFL Sunday ticket for, oh, let's just say a lot of years. <laughs> Probably from 1997 all the way until they announced the move back to Los Angeles is when I cut ties with NFL Sunday ticket. Now I just use my brother, my brother's login because he still gets it. And then I just download the app and I, I'll watch um, I use it to watch Red Zone or watch. I like to watch a lot of other games. Like, for instance, the Cowboys are playing tonight. They drafted seven players this year that were on my top 100. Um, yeah, they took a lot of the players that I wanted the Rams to take. So, yeah, watching my prospects flourish on other teams, it's, you know. Yeah, it's, it means It's a catch-22 because I'm pissed because they're on someone else's team doing good, but at the same time, it means I'm good at scouting. <laughs> is this is true. What
1: can I say? What can I say? All right, but we're here to talk some Rams football. Let's do it. Okay.
0: Before we speaking of Rams football, no go ahead. Go ahead. Go go go! Knock it out. I was just gonna say something real quick about. I got their website up. Come on, Rams! You gotta help me out here, dude. Like the game is on Sunday. What's today? Thursday. And you still says unofficial depth chart. And then you got guys like piggybacked on each other on the second string tier when they should be separated like one, two, and three. I'm, I'm sorry. This is stuff like this just drives me crazy. Let's go. <laughs> go ahead, Derek.
1: Living the fricking dream.
0: That's all I'm <laughs> going to say.
1: Right. All right, folks, when you get a chance, please head over to Apple music, leave a five star review. Let us know that you like us. Okay. We really appreciate it. send us an email as well over at Rams top, 1945g.com. But we also want to give some shout out to our sponsors, especially right now. Thrive Fantasy, and hey, and by the way, if you are a fantasy person and you want to help us out, we're working with them this year, at least early this year, anyways, to make some magic happen. Okay, so if you want to help us out, try Thrive Fantasy. And what do I mean by that? I'm not asking you to go out there and spend like a gajillion dollars or anything, but they're worth a look. This is how they work. Okay, they're a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. So with Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus solely on those top tier guys that have the biggest impact of the game. So you choose ten out of twenty available player props to build your lineup, and then each prop is assigned a fantasy value. Well, not value. geez, what am I thinking? Value for both over and under based on how likely it's to hit. So. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, and bam, there you go. So Thrive has over $140,000 in money guaranteed for week one, and they've already awarded $4 million over that. Anyways, There you have a featured 100K contest. It's only $20 to enter, and first place takes on $20K. That's a pretty sweet deal. Now, for us, for this weekend, the promo code, what you do, go to thrivefancy.com or download their app. Use the code TALKRAMS. Just talk Rams. And what they're going to do was if you deposit $50 or more, they're going to match that up to $100, bucks, and they're going to give you a free ticket to both their Thursday Night Game contest and their Week 1 Sunday contest. That's an additional $4 value. So go check them out. Give them a shot. It helps us out. It, it helps you have some fun as well. Again, that's Thrive Fancy. All right, here's a word from our sponsors. All right, so Tommy, here's the thing. I've been talking a little bit about it. I'm wondering what you think because you, I mean, I I hear it every year. Man, Derek's a Debbie Downer, a negative Nancy. Man, and this year, I've expressed some concerns. I'll get to them that come with our keys here, and I'm wanting to hear your point of view. So right away, with all that in mind, what is one, just one of your maybe three keys the Rams need to take care of to be successful
0: this year health at the QB position number one keep Matt Stafford on his feet and in the game um, a lot of people like to you know talk about Matt Stafford's health over the his 12-year career um, a lot of those people um, haven't really paid attention to his career obviously when I when I hear him talk because if you look at his 12-year career He's played 16 games, almost every single one of them. So, careful when you say missing games from injury or hurt or injured. There's a difference between playing hurt and being injured and missing a game. He's played hurt his whole life. Mm -hmm. Everybody plays hurt. It's football, okay? They're all in pain every single game, all right? But we just need to keep him from missing the games, and we need to keep him upright. He'll do a good job. Of that because he's good at maneuvering the pocket and climbing it you know vertically and laterally he's always been great at that and he's one of the best gunslingers around and the sad part is is a lot of people that are nfl fans don't know it because he played for a franchise that never goes to the playoffs and that's never on tv other than thanksgiving so you really don't know who matt stafford is the average fan doesn't i do because i watch every team and if there's somebody on their team I like, I pay attention to that. I've been a fan of Matt Stafford since the day he was drafted. I, being a Rams fan, I was like, can I get one of those? Can I have one? You know, <laughs> I, I want one of those guys. I want a franchise quarterback. I've never had one in my life. And people were like, yeah, you, yeah we have. I'm like, okay, I'll buy who? Kurt Warner. Doesn't count. They're like, what do you mean? Amon? He was on the team for like five minutes, dude. That's not a franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback is somebody been on your team for 10 years at least on one team. Not bouncing around, but on one team and has played at a high level for a decade or more. That, in my opinion, is a franchise quarterback. I don't care about wins and losses. It's not his fault. His team sucked or his coaching staff sucked or the front office stinks. It's not his fault. All right? They hit on a couple of draft picks, including him, over the last 12 years. And other than that, you know, go watch. If you want to know why Matt Stafford wasn't successful in Detroit, go on Brian Baldinger's feed on Twitter and just go watch all the videos and and he'll break it down for you and show you the play calls, the routes the receivers were running into each other or Mm -hmm. all running identical routes. It was easy for the defense to figure out what they were doing because the playbook was a joke. Now you put a guy with all that talent in an offense that was designed for a quarterback who needed to be coddled because he's not a superstar. Jared Goff is not a superstar quarterback. Superstar quarterback can work on his own. He can look to the sideline, turn off his headset, and and flip off the head coach and say, I got this. Judge your hold. That's a franchise quarterback. Jared Goff is not that. He's like, Daddy, what do I do? He's one of those guys. He needs his hand. You're going to upset people right right away, man. You're going to upset them all. (laughs) I don't care. Live in the real world. Ram fans will defend everyone as long as the wins are higher than the losses on the record. I've watched Ram fans turn from, I hate this team. I'm so done with them to trust the process, <laughs> you know, it's so whack. And then as soon as we start losing again, those same people will go back to hating the team. So I don't, I don't care what any of them say. Be consistent, right? Understand the game. Understand where our franchise is going. And there are some concerns. But right now, right now, guys, we've, we have five straight winning seasons. We are a Super Bowl contender. We were a team that just needed a quarterback to get us over the hump. We went out and got that. Everybody should be excited right now. It's around. I mean, absolutely ecstatic. You know. I number mean, two, Ryan Allen. That's my number two on your three list. Your right? center? right? Ryan Allen. But the center position in general. First of all, they're starting Ryan Allen over Coleman Shelton. Me and Sly at ThinkFoo47 on Twitter. Do not agree. We think Coleman Chun is a better player, and and the coaching staff doesn't agree with us. I don't care. I I don't agree with them. It is what it is, but we'll see. You know, Brian Allen better sack up, son. This is football. You're a big boy. I don't want to see you getting pushed around by guys your own size. You're 300-something pounds. Act like it, my man. Let's go. Let's go get it. I want to see him beating people up. He's thicker. He looks like he's in better shape. He's got better leverage than he did in 2019. He has improved a lot. But I want to see it on the field. I'm not going to hammer these guys. Well, we've hammered them enough on their previous performances. Let's give the kid an opportunity to redeem himself. And if he doesn't, we'll just go back and say we were right and get rid of him. But... Yeah, I'm concerned about the center. I'm also concerned, but this is down the road. All of our offensive linemen are free agents within the next 24 months. So the Rams have no plan at offensive line, just so you know. They did in 2017 and 18 and 19 when they drafted their O-line. They just drafted a bunch of cupcakes, and they had to go get guys like Austin Corbett in a trade from Cleveland because Cleveland knows how to draft offensive linemen. That's, <laughs> they're so good at it, they, they were like, you can take Austin. That's how good they are offensive linemen. They gave us a starter. And not just a starter, but a really good one. But on on their team, he was boo-boo. But on our team, he's a starter. What does that tell you? They're better at it than we are. They got better scouts than we do. A lot of teams do when it comes to scouting offensive linemen. The Rams are the worst in the NFL at scouting offensive linemen. Dead last. They have not drafted a good offensive lineman since Richie Incognito in 2005. And before that, Orlando Pace in 1997. Anyone – can challenge me and go look all that up, and you can come back to me and go. You were right, Tommy.
1: Uh, go ahead I mean, and do your homework. I mean, I will disagree. Cause I think you're forgetting Roger Saffold. You're right. My bad.
0: You got me on that one. Now,
1: if you want to see, since Roger Saffold, I, I I'm more inclined to agree. So
0: three players instead of two. My bad. I mean,
1: <laughs> I, mean I just I, I look at the I th- I think of the. Rams teams of the '80s, even even in the '90s, they struggled. But they still had some guys on the offensive line who you knew you can count on. But the, did they? But mean, where
0: did they get them? See, I was doing my homework this last couple of months and seeing where the Rams got their good offensive linemen throughout history. Versus, did they draft them or did they get them to somebody else? Because that's a you got to watch that stuff, right? Austin Corbett is not a Rams product. He's a Cleveland Browns product. Andrew Whitworth is a Cincinnati Bengal, right? We got these guys from other people. Rob Havenstein, yeah, he's all right. David Edwards, he's all right. But I'm not, when it comes to offensive linemen, I'm not okay with good enough. I want great. I want the 49ers, look at how good they're drafting outline. Remember in, like, 2011 to 2014, nobody could stop them because their offensive line was the best in the league? And they just drafted first-round pick after first-round pick after first-round pick, O-line, 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 O-line. Well,
1: that's really it, though. You're, you're nailing <laughs> on philosophy. They, you know, the Rams, for some reason, don't like to invest in those first-round picks. And they, because they believe they can develop them. I I think they have developed guys who are reasonable. There's potential there. I mean, when, before Nopum got hurt, we saw stuff happen with him there we we've seen some flashes but i think you're right and they haven't developed that guy who will be there for 10 20 years like you need
0: it's not even to be
1: able to do it's that. not even
0: about developing there's something that you can't develop and that's personality right that's who you are is who you are right so you can teach a guy technique all you want but you can't teach him how to be a tough guy that's that's inside you so a lot of there's a lot of guys that i played against i, I was 200 pounds 205 pounds safety and I would line up on a blitz against a six foot seven offensive tackle, three hundred pounds, and he would be afraid of me. Size don't make you tough, man. He was terrified because I was a I was the Tasmanian devil. Out yeah, I- there on the field, my brain was to kill. And everyone in front of me was done. And I would I'd let everyone know. I put them all on notice. And I'm telling you that psychological warfare out there, it, it does something to these guys. It, it gets guys like Jonathan Martin to quit football because Richie Cognito just wearing him out in the locker room, busting his chops. I'm telling you, man, this is, it, it, there's just stuff people don't see that, that have never been out there a lot of times. that there's just, It's a war psychologically and physically. And, and there's so many football players out there. That just play football. That makes sense, but they're not football players. We I mean, all, the whole. But,
1: but I mean, in fairness, here we gotta be correct about this. That you know, Richie Incognito was doing this thing called hazing. <laughs> so, I mean, just want to point that out. I mean, it wasn't exactly routine, But you know what? Also, did he go?
0: Did he? Hold go on. Too I mean, far and, and let me finish. The guy probably.
1: Let me finish. The reporting on that at the time never really got into the detail of what was the extent of it. Like, we just immediately deemed it as being horrible. And hazing is horrible, by the way. But we don't know if it was, let's just say this way. If you look at the media today, last two to six years, when we look at media, sports media, and as a person who's been a part of the media, we've seen some things blown up that shouldn't have been. And I'm not saying it should have been or shouldn't have been. I'm not a fan of incognito. I'm saying there's lots of room to question what happened there. And the overall point is, is if we're going back to what you were saying, is do our, our offensive line, are they, are they mean enough? No. I mean, I think of Orlando Pace. That dude will rip your skull off and crap down your throat. That's a norm, that's a norm thing that <laughs> Norm used to say is a Marine. But it's true, like these guys, you he, he didn't mess with Orlando. Nice guy in the world off the field. On the field, he'll break you. Don't hesitate to do it. That's the kind of guy you, guys you need consistently on your offensive line that really matter.
0: Yeah, off the field, I was the same way. I, off the field, dude, I'm, I'm a nice guy, man. I'm a big teddy bear. But on the field, I flipped the switch just like Sean Marion used to say. Because you have to. Trust me, you have to. You know, th- we, we got a lineman the other day from somebody. I, I, I would know his name, but uh, the Rams haven't updated their uh, roster yet on the website, so and that was like a week ago. Come on, guys. Help me out here. He was an offensive lineman. He's from Texas A&M. I think his name is Hawker, his last name. And me and Sly were watching tape on him this week. Oh, is he a mauler? He's exactly what we look for in offensive linemen, which is just mean. Like, for instance, the – The Pittsburgh Steelers jacked my center this year in the third round that I wanted the Rams to get uh, from Syracuse University, Kendrick Green. Uh, All the stupid morons online, you know, kept saying, oh, he's a developmental center and, you know, he's going to take some years and blah, blah. Shut up, dude. He's the starting center as a rookie for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Shut your hole. This guy was a starter from day one. I watched his tape. He's just mean. Pissing. He is football. That's the kind of guys you want. And he's the starting center day one. Creed Humphrey, starting center day one in Kansas City. Both of them could have been Rams. It's a joke. Whoever's scouting offensive linemen in the Rams, got to go, man. I'm sorry. They're just not good at it. We'll Kevin, how- if you're listening, call me, bro. I'll <laughs> enter in for free and show you what I'll do it for free. Well,
1: we'll see how that changes. Go. Okay, for me, we matched up on keys. My first key was protect. Stafford at all costs. My second key was the inside linebacking core has to show out this year.
0: Absolutely, they have
1: to show out. If that inside linebacking core does not show out, they don't have Michael Brockers. Michael Brockers might be had his best years of Ram last year. Okay, there is significant uncertainty with that front seven. A. Robinson may or may not be playing. Who knows anymore? He's Uh, playing. He's playing.
0: I'm super happy too.
1: Okay, I, that's why I saw today, and I'm sitting there going, okay, well, maybe not. We just days ago, it was he wasn't playing, so I'm not counting on until I see him take the field. It doesn't matter. We saw what happened last year when the Packers beat up on the Rams. Aaron Donald was hurt, and nobody else in that defense can do anything. Can do a darn thing about it. In no, the place I of start,
0: the game and I almost threw my beard through yeah. my TV, and I said. This is what I was trying to explain to everyone last year when they kept saying we were the number one defense. I said we've never been the number one defense. In the Aaron Donald's team—it's an illusion, guys. Aaron Donald's never missed a game, never gotten hurt in his career until he rolled. He, he tackled Russell Wilson on himself. He, he he when he got up, he realized that was dumb. I mm-hmm. swung, I swung sacked him, and he let him. Took Russell Wilson and pulled him all his body weight onto his rib cage, probably tore some rib cartilage. I've had the same injury, dude. I, I couldn't even I couldn't sleep for like three weeks. I had to sit up, you know, and you yeah. can barely, barely breathe. My point is, is when Aaron Donald went from Superman to Clark Kent against Green Bay, because he wasn't himself. The very first play when I saw his get off, I instantly yelled at the TV, get him off my field. Aaron Donald is my favorite player of all time, and when I'm saying get him off my field, that's I know he's he's a waste of space out there. They needed to get him out of the game and be like, dude, you don't have it. Sorry, you, you can't play. Go sit down and you at least get somebody in there that's a 100% physical that can get some yeah, but then all, but- getting, and guess what? The rest of our 10 players were a bunch of trash. It's, they were garbage, dude. They were I mean, so bad getting one on ones on pass rush. Embarrassing yourselves, rockers, Sebastian of Day, all of them, dude. They were doo doo. The thing the is, Arizona is like, just that much better than everyone else. The I answer mean, is the answer is yes,
1: but to me, it's to, me not even close. to me, the real reason, the real thing was they had no fear in the middle of the field. So all the Packers did was dink and dunk it all through because there was nothing in the middle of the field that scared them. That's where. In, you know, you can, you can struggle up front with the pass rush. You can have the occasional breakdown at the corner position. But if you don't have anything in the middle of the field, you're done. They'll just, teams will just chip away at you. Death by paper cut. Like what the Patriots did to us in Super Bowl 53. I mean, this the dink and dunk middle of the field stuff, wear down the clock. Because you're not going to get pressure up front, and your linebackers aren't stopping anybody. So the line ba- if the linebackers can show up and actually support the defensive line, they're going to be fine. That's why it's my key. Now, third key for me, and tell me if you agree, is adjusting the running game. We all thought Cam Akers is going to be the guy, right? Well, we know he's not going to be. So how these two backs here, Michelle and, and Henderson, work? Because it's not just the running game. It's the screen game, which was a strength for the Rams. At their peak offensively under under McVay, they had a screen game that was off the chain. And B, getting the mileage they're going to need without Cam Akers in there. How is this running game going to work out? And most importantly, Stafford in Detroit almost never had a running game. Give him one here and see what happens. So to me, that third key is a productive running game that utilizes both the actual running back and the screen.
0: Yeah. I'm not worried about our running game, and I'll tell you why. Because our offensive line is actually good at run blocking. They're not bad at it. Brian Allen actually excels in run blocking. It's pass blocking that struggles. But in run blocking, he's very aggressive. So is Austin. So is Rob. Rob, you know, he's a Wisconsin product, right? They, all they do is run the ball. Um, David, same thing. Andrews, Andrews. So. Running, I'm not worried about. Him. We have good running backs. So we'll be fine. I just want to make sure that they hold up in pass protection and we're not you know, doing any stupid seven-step drops, which we won't. I mean, Sean's really good at If Sean could get Jared Goff to look like a superstar, imagine what he can do with a quarterback that's actually really good by himself.
1: Except Jared Goff didn't look like the superstar for much in the
0: last couple of years. No, he didn't because uh, uh, Matt Patricia figured him out. And then he handed the playbook to Vic Fangio and then to Bill Belichick. <laughs> That's all they did. <laughs> as soon as I saw, uh, when we, I know we beat the Lions that year in 2018 with the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, but I watched that game on TV at my house, and I told my wife, I was like, oh, we're in trouble. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, Matt Patricia just figured out Sean McVay's offense. And Sean McVay barely squeaked out this game in the fourth quarter. We, we pulled away, but it was a close game the whole time. We pulled away with a couple... Uh, I think it's Todd Gurley really got a to touchdown or something like that, but I saw it and I was like, "Oh, figured out the boy." Wondered, let's see how he adjusts. And of course, Sean didn't. He said, uh, "Even when he went to the Super Bowl, I'm going to stick with what got us here." Yeah, but if
1: you remember the following year, Tommy, and you and I went. You know, we 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 podcast a whole lot together in 2019. No, we did. We saw McVeigh adjusting. We. The problem I saw, and especially hindsight being 2020...
0: Well, he did after 2008.
1: Yeah, sure. He, adjusted after. But, he should have adjusted during... Some but you go, to, you go to 2019, though, is what I'm trying to get to. And the adjustments he tried to make with the guys out for the offensive line that he had, people getting hurt, underperforming players, those adjustments didn't mean jack. He couldn't do what he wanted to do. And this is why I was so excited. And this is I think, why you were so excited to get Matt Stafford because with Matt Stafford McVeigh can trust Stafford to run the offense any way he needs fit to adjust, yep. to go, and, and to run a playbook. You know Personnel-wise, I don't, I don't buy the idea that McVeigh didn't adjust. I don't believe McVeigh was able to adjust the way he would like to adjust because he didn't have the people he needed. At least not performing the way he needed them to perform.
0: No, his, his play calling in 2019 and 2020 were a Direct result of what he had to work
1: with. straight up, and so I guess that's my key. What is actually your key? That your last key,
0: my last key? Um, who's gonna pick up the slack for John Johnson? Um, I, I they got what's frustrating to me, I mean, at least on their depth chart, is they got two strong safeties starting Jordan Fuller and Taylor Rapp. Taylor Rapp's not. Neither one of them is a free safety, okay? Terrell Burgess is. Nick Scott is. So I'd like to see how they're going to use them. But from what I can tell, and this is cool for me because I'm a safety, right, is they're going to use a hybrid defense. So they're going to run three safeties a lot of the time. uh, Rapp is going to be in the box as an extra linebacker. So it's going to look like there's three linebackers on the field. So it's going to look like we're running a 4-3 defense. It's just going to be this weird hybrid where you have this third linebacker who weighs 220 pounds. Um which I think is gonna work out great. So I just wanna make sure that if that's what they're doing, I'm good with it. But if you're running two safeties and you got Fuller and Rap back there, that makes me a little nervous. They're yeah. Not free safeties. You know. But they're both great. They just they've graded certain things. You know. Yeah. I'd like Terrell Burgess to be the roaming free safety back there. Just mm-hmm. my opinion. But and then obviously like you, you touched on the linebackers. We're starting the same linebackers we had last year. But Traven Howard and, and Ernest Jones, who I love, I, I think we took him a little early. Um, but I, I was drafting him. I was drafting two inside linebackers every mock draft I was doing because I just think we needed two. But I was taking guys like in the second round like Nick Bolton, um, you know, and Chas Surat and stuff like that. And then taking Ernest Jones later. So at least they got one of the linebackers that was on my board. Um, which I'm very happy about. The dude is, like Sean McVay said, it's like he has a GPS in his head, which is the most important thing you can do as a linebacker. Is know where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there and have those GPS-type instincts. Uh, I think those two guys will end up being the starters on the team soon enough. I think they steal it from Reeder and Young at some point. Just my prediction. Fair enough. All right,
1: so we're going to get your prediction on the game this weekend here in a minute. First thing we want to do is we want to go out to talk with, yes, that's right, Will DeWitt from Chicago Audible. Check him out. Fun interview. All right, folks, it is time for our long awaited week one preview. This is with Will DeWitt from Chicago Audible, longtime guest. Will, how are you doing? Doing pretty well,
2: Derek. Excited for this NFL season to finally kick off here this week. Uh, the off season it's such a grind, and it feels like this moment never will come. But here we are getting to talk about a real football game here for yet another year, and it's great to be back on your show to talk about the Bears.
1: Well, we sat down in June, and you had a lot of things to kind of break down about the Bears, a lot of things that I don't think anybody really had very viewed as settled yet other than the fact that Justin Fields is your guy now three months later almost your roster is pretty well set there are a couple questions I have for you here in a little bit but overall how are you feeling about the overall setup of the Chicago Bears right now
2: really good question obviously things do change uh, between June and now in the early parts here of September I'm feeling Decent about where the Bears are right now, uh, given uh, their cap restraints that they enter this offseason with. Um, feeling like they did some decent moves to help the offensive line. Uh, there are some things that didn't really go our way with the draft pick and Tevin Jenkins, uh, who is down for who knows how long uh, with a back injury that he had to get surgery on uh, to kind of start off our training camp. So then we bring in a Jason Peters uh, to kind of help that position out. But that's a little scary. I mean, Peters is great. He's a future Hall of Famer. Just Uh, A little old and a little late here, but hopefully he can kind of get adjusted here rather quickly. Um, But yeah, just in general, Derek, I'm feeling all right. I know you have more specific questions, and we'll dive into all of those specifics, but uh, I'm not feeling over the moon uh, with the current roster structure, but I'm not feeling like it's the end of the world, somewhere in that middle ground.
1: Somewhere like a middle ground, like a 9 and 8 kind of middle ground, or just middle ground is, you know, I don't know what to expect.
2: Yeah, 9 and 8 where I've made my official record prediction. Actually, I think I went a little bit more positive than my co hosts. So I went 10 and 7. Uh, they're sitting around the 8 and 9, 9 and 8 type of area. And it's still weird to do the math up to 17 games. It just sounds wrong coming out of my mouth. Um, but yeah, right around 500, if not a little above, is what I'm hoping for. It's just a matter of when do we get to see Justin Fields. And that's the big question. I feel like we'll win more games with him than without him. Um, But right now, head coach Matt Nagy here in Chicago is very adamant that Andy Dalton's his guy to kind of start things off, but if you can read between the lines a bit, it does appear that Dalton will be on some short sort of leash. Uh, again, the question is, how short is it? Because uh, I'm excited to see Justin Fields. I know everyone in Chicago is, too. It's just a matter of when. Well, I'm excited to see Justin Fields. Let me talk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you remember, we sat down and talked. I'm, I'm a big Justin Fields guy. And I think just just from my perspective on the outside, watching some of the things he did in the preseason kind of justified that a bit. So overall, what is the feeling on Justin Fields?
2: Oh my gosh, I am in love with this kid, and I can't wait to see what he can do here uh, in Chicago. I was able to go to a few training camp practices and very impressed with what I was able to see out of him and, uh, in those and building off of a bad practice and turning it around. and. Uh, he's a kid that you don't see him make that same mistake twice, and if he has a bad day, he really does rebound. Uh, and then just start the preseason, you said it, uh, he did some things that were just so impressive. Uh, so for our podcast, uh, we actually were able to get some uh, credentials for the preseason games, uh, for the home games, and sit in the press box. Uh, so getting to watch a game from that view was really interesting. And he made a couple of throws. Uh, some may not even make like the highlight reel. Uh, if you didn't watch some of these Bears preseason games, but literally as they're in the air, I'm like banging on my co-host's like shoulder, like look at that throw, like just so proud of it. And just never saw that kind of arm talent here in Chicago. Uh, definitely a step up compared to a Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, Jay Cutler had a lot of arm talent, but I feel like there's something else about. This kid's ball placement in Justin Fields, where he's able to lead his guys, throw guys open, and just anticipate uh, where his receiver is going to go off their breaks, it's unworldly. And to continue gushing about Justin Fields, I can talk about his physical intangibles, but everyone knows that. But he has checked every box, Derek, and I am so thankful he's here in Chicago, that he's a bear, and it's just a matter of time. and. Uh, a Test of patience right now In order to see him out there on game day
1: So I, By the way I just want to kind of Point this out a little bit Just want to like do the old Pat in the back kind of thing I remember a certain somebody In a certain interview Say back in June Just gushing over Justin Fields And letting you know this guy is legit I I think I know his name He just you know, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, you you had it right on the money. Perfect bullseye there, man. You told me cuz I was at that point like very excited but still being cautiously optimistic because heck, I'm a Bears fan. I've been burned by quarterbacks before. We ruin quarterbacks and uh, you told me like no, this kid's different. He's just built differently and he's special and based off every time I was able to see him throughout the month of August, you're absolutely correct. This kid has something else underneath his sleeve that I'm just excited to
1: see what he can turn into here in Chicago with some time. And it's his toughness that will really get you too by yeah, the way. You can see does. him take some hits. And you really haven't seen like those legit non preseason hits yet where a first team guy like an Aaron Donald whacks him and he gets up and he gets better. And that's what's gonna really make you feel good about this pick later on down the line too is when you see him take some hits and he pulls a John Elway in the fourth he quarter. He does. Did you see I mean, the
2: hit that he took in the the Titans preseason game when oh, not the Titans preseason game, the Bills preseason game when he got his head knocked off?
1: Yeah, I did. And I was just thinking, oh man, man. No, 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 no. That don't the Bears gotta do a better job protecting. <laughs> That's what I was going through in my mind. But I mean, I just know just I think think of back especially like to those those earmark moments in his college career where you had Clemson just beaten the ever living tar of that game. Just really nailing, had him hurt, had a a fifteen yard penalty rough in the pass there. And the dude came off the field for like I'm not even sure it was a snap, I don't remember entirely. But next thing you know, it's a touchdown drive. then another no, no, touchdown drive. I mean, what he does, he, he's special. And I think over the years now, with the, with what watching the Bears play at least from a distance and seeing all the quarterbacks that have come through Chicago they've gone for guys like a Rex Rex Grossman or a Jay Cutler, guys who are more traditional passers. Some of them have a higher zone than others. But the flaws on the roster, a.k.a. like an offensive line or the lack of tools around them, or even people to develop their quarterbacks really hurt them. The Bears, it's going to be really hard to botch this up. Like You're going to have to be... If they were to botch up Justin Fields, it would probably be one of the biggest botch-ups in football history. Because he has the tools already. You just need to help him develop some of the things that comes with every rookie. Every rookie. And he's got the work ethic to do it. So this is going to be really hard to botch up. So if you're a Bears fan, next maybe not this year, but two, three, four years down the road... I mean, your franchise is set. I'd be if I'm a Bears fan. I'm more excited about the Bears' future right now than say a Packers fan should be about the Packers' future or the Vikings' future. Mm-hmm. The Bears, yeah, I know what you mean. The Bears, if they can just square up the rest of the roster, keep the salary cap kind of in order, and put some people around to protect this kid. I mean, you're talking about a Super Bowl contender. That's how good this 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 kid can be, and I, I can't wait to see what he does. But also being as other than the same conference as the Rams, and the Rams are heading towards their, their couple years for to make a shot. I don't want to watch that either. I mean, I want to watch them play <laughs> each other, but you know what I'm saying.
2: I, I get it 100%. Uh, that would be an interesting game for you, I'm sure, emotionally, uh, if it ever got to it. I'm definitely positive uh, the Rams would take precedence, but you are probably sure. rooting for Fields to succeed, but not succeed entirely.
1: I mean, at the very least, I don't want his head knocked off. True. I mean, Thank I want to see that. him succeed. I want to see him. I mean, you're kind of a crappy fan, anyways, if, you're, if you want players to get hurt so your team wins. But definitely, he's a person that I've seen him grow as a football player. And, you know, the Bears, to me, I think that's just such a legit thing for them to have finally a quarterback after all these years. I saw an article. What was it? I forget. You would probably know more than me. I just saw it today. Where well, it was a, like a ranking of the forty-five quarterbacks the Bears have had since they last won a Super Bowl. Forty-five starting quarterbacks. Forty-five. Yeah, let's
2: not talk about it.
1: No, I'm not trying. I'm not trying to hammer you for. I it. just it blows my mind. This is how big of a failure this organization has been with these quarterbacks, and yet here, I really believe this is the guy that sets it straight. If they do it right.
2: I hope so, man. I, I'm being as I'm super confident in Justin. Not as confident in the Bears' ability to handle him. But like you said, it would be uh, an egregious mistake if they found a way to, to ruin what we have here in Justin Fields.
1: For sure. Well, I mean, I look at the Washington football team and how they messed up Haskins. Yeah. I mean, that guy had every tool imaginable for a pocket quarterback. Um, he was immature, and now he's a backup in Pittsburgh. I mean, what, do you think his tools just suddenly disappeared? Teams find a way to mess these things up,
0: man. Unbelievable. How do you mess these up? They find a way. They do. Well, talking about the rest
1: of the of the Bears right now, because I I mean, I I kind of the feeling that the Bears aren't trying to throw Justin Fields out there against Aaron Donald in Week One on the road in their first game in front of a crowd in their new stadium. I don't think they'd really want to do that. So we're looking at Andy Dalton, who is, I mean, he's accomplished some things in the NFL. What's your view on him right now and the rest of the Bears offense?
2: That's a great question. And I think we're going to learn a lot about where he stands and where this offense stands in general uh, come Sunday night. Uh, throughout the preseason, uh, they kind of kept him under wraps, not a lot of touches, not a lot of opportunities for him. And even the games when Andy Dalton was out there playing, he's playing with mostly number two, number three guys on the roster, not getting to throw to an Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney or Marquise Goodwin. So really, there is so much that as a Bears fan, I'm going to be learning here on Sunday night about what Andy Dalton's capable of. And I know the Rams bring a tremendous test defensively against him. And then also what this Bears offensive identity is going to be. Uh, We went real heavy at tight end, kept five tight ends on this roster. You have a David Montgomery who's coming off uh, a really strong second half of last season uh, with over 1,000 yards on the ground, 400 yards receiving coming out of the backfield. Uh, you have Damian Williams who we picked up from Kansas City uh, who was someone who was kind of a surprise cut, but I think he can be a great complimentary back. Uh, so really here to see if Matt Nagy is going to lean on his running backs a little bit. Uh, and then when you look at the receiver group, I'm very excited to see what they want to do with them because – if there's been one theme throughout this offseason from the Bears in that wide receiver position, it's been an overhaul, and that the theme is more speed. Like you, they cannot find you know enough speed. They could brought in three or four guys ahead of like a four two, four three, forty kind of speed with a Marquise Goodwin Uh recently with a paraman I just signed him off of waivers, uh, and then he also brought in a Demir Bird. Uh, so the Bears have. Speed up the wazoo. Allen Robinson looks like a turtle out there with his four six forty kind of speed. Uh, but he's still our best bet out there at wide receiver. So I know the Bears have the tools uh, when it comes to playmakers. Uh, I'll be really curious to see if Andy Dalton is going to be able to set these guys up for success. And then the bigger question is this Bears offensive line. Uh, there is a whole period of training camp uh, for weeks where the projective starting five uh, was unable to play together. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, our second-round pick, Uh, as I mentioned earlier, is on IR to start the year. He had a back surgery. He was unable to even get one uh, training camp practice in. And then after that, we had guys in the interior like James Daniels get hurt uh, in training camp. He's okay. He's healthy now. But the last two weeks, give or take, has been the only time the Bears projected starting five that we're going to see here on Sunday night have been able to practice uh, together. Uh, so really curious to see if they can kind of hold up the tackle position what I'm most worried about. Uh, Jason Peters, as I mentioned, Hall of Fame guy, uh, just came in a little late, but he looked good uh, in his preseason time, so I'm hoping he can really kind of cement that side of the offensive line. And then on right tackle, we're going to start off with Jermaine Effetti, uh, who we had last season, who was serviceable but not great. Uh, so I'm hoping this unit can gel, uh, and I know they have a real tough test against the Rams in their front seven, coming up here on a Sunday night, but if the offensive line, and as, as I'm sure you know, Derek, if they aren't playing up to snuff, then Andy Dalton's going to suffer because he doesn't have that mobility in the pocket. He can't extend those plays like a Justin Fields can, and if they can't get any push in the ground game and put everything into Dalton's hands, and if we're playing from behind because you guys have a real lightning type of offense as well coming into this season... Just a recipe for disaster, uh, but maybe a good one if that means we get to see Justin Fields soon, uh, whether it be week two or maybe after halftime.
1: I mean, I wouldn't want to have him in there in halftime. (laughs) (laughs) You would. (laughs) I mean, I I think as a Rams fan, I don't want to see him um, because of just the way you got to play. Now, Sean McVay's been pretty adamant that you would be an idiot not to prepare for for Fields, so I'm sure the Rams are. But also if I'm a Bears guy, I don't want to see him right now either. I mean it's not the right situation. If week one against the Rams team that is if 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 it comes to a point where he's in the game, that means something bad happened. Right? And so I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that either. Kind of a lose lose if you're it could be a lose lose both ways. Now, the key thing I, I think I'm hearing from you though offensively is a, a problem that I think bothers me is a guy who's a football guy, not just a Rams guy, but a football guy. When the Bears have been good, I mean really good, they have been the traditional smash-mouth team that can run down your throat sideways, out in wherever you want it. They hurt people. And in the last couple of years, you really haven't seen that Bears running game you would, you would traditionally see. Are there answers there that kind of help protect Dalton and Fields if Fields is in the game?
2: I think the Bears have the talent at running back. Again, it all goes to the offensive line. We've neglected to really invest onto this offensive line. Uh, again, Jason Peters being here, great, but that's not what you really are hoping for for a plan A, and you can't predict when injuries will happen, and I know Tevin Jenkins had a history of back issues in college. This one, the Bears are adamant as a different back issue, which doesn't instill a lot of confidence uh, for me in his long-term health uh, playing here in the NFL, but Again, I'm not a medical expert uh, by any means. Uh, but outside of that, I think the Bears, uh, there's a graph that came out today. They're like the second or third lowest team in terms of money spent on their offensive line. And sometimes you pay, uh, you get what you pay for. Uh, the Bears haven't been putting a lot of draft capital, uh, besides like a Tevin Jenkins, into uh, the tackle position specifically. They've kind of, in the previous years, went with a Bobby Massey, a guy they picked up from the Arizona Cardinals. Kept him on real modest deals. He had a Charles Leno Jr. on the left side, who was a seventh-round pick that they kind of developed into a starting left tackle. And then this year, they went with an Elijah Wilkinson, who didn't Mm -hmm. play so well last year, but they're kind of banking that he has some upside. So for me, it's not really about the talent in the backfield. I have tremendous faith in David Montgomery. I have a lot of high hopes for what Damian Williams can do as a complementary back. Even going down to our third running back, uh, rookie Khalil Herbert, really prove that he can be uh, a dynamic back here in the NFL uh, throughout what I saw out of him in camp and in the preseason. Just the question is the offensive line. And as of right now, my confidence in him, if I had to put on a scale between 1 and 10, is about a 4 or a 5. And they have a lot of questions that they need to get addressed here soon. And it's gonna, we're going to find out a lot Sunday night. And hopefully
1: we get some good news, but I don't know if that's going to be the case. What about the defense? Right now, how is this defense overall matchup against this Rams offense?
2: Oh, boy. All right. So defensively, historically, uh, I've been very confident in this side of the ball. And there's a lot of areas in which I am. Uh, the front seven, specifically, feeling pretty good about. The Bears defensive line, I think, is one of the deeper units uh, in the entire NFL when it comes to defensive fronts. Uh, currently, unsure status of no-sackle Eddie Goldman, who did sit out last year uh, on the COVID uh, opt-out list. Uh, he came back, uh, was dealing with some nagging injuries throughout camp. Uh, he actually ended up getting COVID, I believe, and was gone for another week or two. Uh, so he actually had to get some playing time in the preseason finale. Looked pretty good, um, but the Bears have been trying out uh, different defensive tackles this week, and there's been some rumblings that uh, he's dealing with an undisclosed injury uh, right now. At least at the time of this recording, by the time the episode comes out, there may be some news on this. Uh, But without him, I still feel like the Bears have enough depth up front that they can mitigate this. Uh, We have a rookie nose tackle, Kyrus Tonga, uh, who looked really good in the preseason, and I think he could hold his own there in the A-gap if needed. Uh, Looking at linebacker Roquan Smith, again, I think he can match up on any of your running backs. He can lock down a Tyler Higby if needed. Uh, He's one of the best inside linebackers in the entire NFL. Then if you look at the secondary, though, that's where I get concerned. Uh, we lost Kyle Fuller this offseason, our star cornerback. Uh, we tried a few guys to replace him, like uh, signing a Desmond Trufant, who didn't end up making the team. Uh, Artie Burns from the Steelers from a couple years ago, who tore his ACL last year in Bears camp. Looked okay in preseason, but he's still a backup here on our depth chart. So we'll be throwing out there uh, a couple young guys, Duke Shelley and the Nickel. Uh, who didn't look good in camp, didn't look great in preseason, but we didn't have any other options. No one else really pushing him for that job. And then a Kendall Bildor uh, on the outside corner opposite of Jalen Johnson, who, again, had some good moments last year, some bad, but he didn't show a lot of growth here in the preseason or in camp, or at least enough to get me confident that he can step up and really help out this secondary. So cornerback position-wise versus your receivers, and uh, some of that speed that you brought in with the
1: Deshaun Jackson, I'm a little worried based off of what I saw, not going to lie. You know Matt Stafford pretty well, and, and having him in that offense, how much does that change your focus versus like when they had Jared Goff there? Yeah, of,
2: of course. Yeah, I with Matt Stafford now playing quarterback for you guys, I expect this Rams offense to push that football down the field and take some of those deep shots way more so than we saw with the Jared Goff. He, he means Stafford gives you guys a lot more stability, and I think just changes Sean McVay's mentality offensively in, t- in terms of how he's going to attack this Bears defense. Uh, he's not going to have to, you know, dink and dunk and try to methodically march his way down the field, uh, especially with some of the question marks that the Bears have in their secondary. I would not be surprised to see you guys open it up real early, right out of the gate, uh, to take some of those shots. So yeah, with Stafford familiar with them, which I think should help. Uh, the Bears here, at least defensively, knowing some of the strengths, its weaknesses, but also being in a brand new offense with different playmakers, there's going to be some things that we haven't seen before on film uh, that maybe will surprise us, and it'll be about how well can the Bears adjust to it. Um, but I think you guys are definitely going to pose a challenge for this Bears secondary, and I wish we had an easier opponent to kind of get their feet wet uh, with that new look uh, cornerback
1: trio, but that's not the case. I, mean, I look at even the last couple of years where the Rams have beaten the bears. These haven't been easy games. They've been physical. They've been tough. And this is the kind of game. I don't want to see to start the season. The bears aren't going to roll over for anybody. They never do. And even where they're not, where they would want to be. They're still, they're tough. I mean, for all the complaints, I think that there are some folks out there in bears land have about Matt and Nagy. Uh, I think at least in terms of the fact that they're physical and tough, like they, like a typical Chicago team should be, isn't one of the complaints you'd have. They just give the Rams all kinds of problems, even though the Rams have beaten them. And I think this weekend, it also being the first game out for a new defensive coordinator with the team, I mean, there's a, a lot of new coaches on this team. I mean, Detroit took a lot of our guys. Our front office has been made over. There are so many things about the Rams right now that make me think this is a high-ceiling team with all the talent they have at the skill positions. And it's also a team that could floor it in a bad way really quickly. And that makes me very nervous for this game. I think a lot of the experts right now are predicting the Rams to win this game, especially at home, and I would agree with that. But it would not shock me to see the Rams lay an egg either. How are you feeling overall about where this game's going to go? And if you're to make a prediction, which one are you making? Sure. Love
2: the loaded question here uh, in terms of the pick when I don't even have my official pick ready for my podcast. But I Uh-oh. always like to, I know. Uh, so this, it'll be real interesting to me. And luckily, I don't have to stick with it. I'm allowed to change it uh, for my show <laughs> uh, after I go through all my preparations over there this week. I feel like this game is going to be... Uh, a little rusty for the Bears. Uh, this Bears defense, uh, throughout all of camp and preseason, they've introduced a takeaway bucket. Uh, so there's like a little bucket that has a billboard on it. Not billboard, sorry, a backboard like basketball and a hoop. And every time they get a takeaway, they've been doing some dunks on that and a sideline. It's been a lot of fun to watch. A little extra incentive. And for a Bears team that really struggled getting turnovers a year ago, uh, compared to 2019, compared to 2018, I'm hoping that, can kind of give them a little bit extra spark. And the one thing I know about Matt Stafford is he will give you opportunities uh, to get some of those turnovers, some of those takeaways on defense. So if the Bears can capitalize on a few of those, whether that be just getting the turnover and ruining a potential points possession for the Rams or ideally scoring off of those turnovers and making full swings, that's going to be the Bears' best chance of coming away with this game. But I feel like you guys are going to challenge us in all three phases. Uh, it's going to be... These games, like you said, are close. Um, But I've also seen games where Matt Nagy starts these seasons in prime time and boy, the Bears just and come out flat. Uh, So that's another big concern. But I expect the Rams to win uh, with Andy Dalton uh, not being able to succeed uh, the way that maybe uh, another quarterback would in this offense with some of that offensive line issues. Uh, and He's going to be under duress early and often. And if that's the case, it could get ugly for this Bears uh, offensively pretty pretty early uh, in this game. So. If I had a guess right now. Say the Rams. Uh, if I needed to do a score, uh, twenty-four to seventeen. Feels like the Bears have been unable to score uh, twenty points, any guys, in a while. Uh, so I wouldn't feel like we should be able to do that yet again. At least here, week one. So many questions. I haven't even got to see this offense in any full capacity in preseason. So many unknown variables. So I'm going to keep my
1: expectations low and hope they, they can, you know, exceed those. All right. So. I'll go ahead and I can give I'll give my prediction now, and I am really ticked that you will. I am furious with you because I had it twenty four seventeen rams <laughs> I had twenty four seventeen rams and my mouth dropped when you said that i don't even know what to say no. that'm
2: um, I guess two great minds think alike, or luckily i'm
1: the guess so I got to go first. But great or warped. however you want to say it, but in the meantime. Let people know where they can find you.
2: Absolutely. So you can find my podcast, uh, Chicago Audible. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just type it in Chicago Audible, and I'm sure it will pop up. Uh, over on Twitter, you can find us at Chicago Audible, and uh, that should do it, honestly. Uh, I don't really promote my own personal account. I don't do anything over
1: there uh, or anything of that nature. So yeah, that's about it. Well, let me promote you a little bit, folks. I, we, we always bring our guests on. We always say, hey, go check them out legitimately Chicago Audible, the formerly formerly known as the Bears Brothers, you know, before. We oh, won't get into that drama, said right? that. I didn't I, say I, it, I, NFL. Don't I know, that. right?
2: Subpoena me again. Okay,
1: now, <laughs> I didn't say that either, though. Okay, these guys have been legit covering this team now for years, and you need to go check them out. If it's just for a view on the opposition or just just in terms of good football conversation, you to go check them out, okay? Chicago Audible, Will DeWitton Group, go for it. Check them out, especially this weekend, all right? There we go. I got, I got, I have to throw it out there. You guys have been a long time on the show. You deserve the props. Absolutely. I
2: appreciate it, Derek. Yeah, this is our seventh season covering the team. Uh, it's crazy how quickly time goes and how much things change. Yet, I don't know. It feels like a blink of an eye and we just introduced one another and yet, yet it's been over half a decade. It's crazy.
1: Bananas. All right, well, have a great one. We'll talk to you hopefully come playoff time.
2: Sounds great, Derek. Thanks again for having me on.
1: All right, Tommy, now's it's time.
0: Make the call. What's the score? Oh, week one sucks to predict. <laughs> I, I don't think we're going to lose the game at all. Um, but score-wise, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be close. I mean, you got Matt Stafford going up one of his old division rivals in the Chicago Bears. They know him. He knows them. They have a really good defense. It's going to be a close game, I think. It's going to be a fun game. I want to say 24-16 Rams. (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: Okay, so I called it twenty four seventeen. Ram. Will DeWilk calls it twenty four seventeen. You call it twenty four sixteen.
0: That's funny. <laughs>
1: there you go. There you go. All right, folks. So there's our prediction. There's our our look at the Rams heading the season. We got a special tour of the league episode coming up to you. I am. I was not able to get everything out just with everything going on. I'm at teaching right now at school. With we are getting hit by a couple different things, not just COVID, and just. Wrapped up all my time, so I'm gonna do am gonna wrap up all of our tour league episodes into one big mega episode for you and get it out this weekend, and then I'm gonna try and do a, a pre gamer on Sunday morning, something new this year. Follow us on Twitter, follow me at d c Paul Tommy, you just changed yours all over the place. What's yours now?
0: No, my ad's still the same this is l a
1: okay, fine, it looked different <laughs> to me all right no follow- my
0: name, my name on there's different, but my ad's always. I'll never change my head. Just go, just go, Jedi Master Tommy. You know, just
1: <laughs> so follow us overall on Twitter at Talk Rams. Of course, we have the group, the Talk Rams Group, the Rams Talk Group, and the Rams Talk Room. And we'll talk to you very soon. Have a great one. We're out of here.